0: To Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore. Thanks for joining us today. We get together twice a week to chew on God's word and uh, share that with you for your edification and enjoyment. And this week, we've got Jarell Carper with us. Welcome, Jarrell. Hi. Hello. A little bow there. I never know what to say at <laughs> that point. <laughs> it's me. It's Jarrell. Uh, Jarrell is... You are uh, one of the pastors here at UFC, and you preached this last Sunday. I prot. You brought the word. Prot. Prot? Well, it's like teach, taught, prot. preach, prot. Proted. I proted. <laughs> I past tense. Well, I guess I tried. I tried to preach. <laughs> Too prot. <laughs> the past People tense People already turned it on. Yeah. <laughs> this is not my episode. Yeah.
1: Well... The The whole thing of this podcast is what have you been chewing on? Yeah, And typically what I'm chewing on is related to my job because my whole life is a
0: big mush of church and That's... friends and work <laughs> and my thoughts. As we uh, always joke in poor taste, we are paid to be Christian. And I'm paid to be your friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, professional Christians. Professional Christian. There's a book, uh, Brothers We Are Not. Professional. Yeah, that's different. John Piper. I am a professional. That's true. That's <laughs> uh yeah. So you I did you were preaching this last Sunday. And so yeah, you're naturally gonna be in the word really chewing on stuff and trying to suss out mm-hmm. how to make heads or tails of what God has given us. So
1: Yeah. And um so every time I I preach, it's you know, we can we just preach on whatever we want. Mm-hmm. So um Typically, I turn my pastor hat on, and I'm thinking like, well, what type, what message do our people like need to hear? Like, what direction should we go? Mm-hmm. Um, less than like, hey, what does the next part of Philippians say? Yeah. You know? Um. So. Yeah, I just well, I talked about it in my sermon, but just recognizing that there seems to be a lot of trials and hardships going on uh, in the pe with the people of our church. Mm-hmm felt like, well, we should probably grow in our ability or not necessarily grow, but like be equipped and mm-hmm. how do we process trials and suffering that we either have in our own lives or see in the lives of others. And so um, as, you, as you do, I, I can share some anecdotes stuff mm-hmm. that I didn't get to share in the sermon. And some of this also comes out of my own heart because I as my faith, growing up started to materialize and like formalize middle school, mostly like going to camps and Mm -hmm. stuff and high school and just, you know, the sermons that I heard, the Bible studies that I went to my own interpretation of scripture. It's kind of, it formulates your kind of practical theology of how you view God and the faith. And you hear a Christian worship song or someone says a little truism or, Mm -hmm. and we just become like a conglomeration of just all the different sources of theological teaching that we have and so there was a the first like major push of my life as a christian was kind of um a gridded out like the pursuit of a god experience Mm -hmm. um, a lot of emotional fellowship with jesus of like if i did a bible study it wasn't really good unless i like felt close to God. Yeah. If know. someone's
0: not crying, they didn't. Yeah. It's the like you yeah,
1: you're searching for some type of like an emotional, like euphoria in a sense, whether that's in the worship set, the camp experience, the Bible study, the whatever service project. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I defined like healthy, being a healthy Christian. Yeah. And so part of that included like, how do I process suffering? Well, it was, God doesn't want me to be like sad or grumpy or, Angry. I just need to rise above it. Um, I need to be unaffected by the world. Be happier. Yeah. It's just kind of like, yeah, just stay, stay above it. Um, I don't know how to better say that. I, I wasn't necessarily trying to be happy. I was just trying to like not allow the bad things to get me down.
0: Yeah. It was like an attribute of righteousness to not yeah. lament <clears throat> or be discouraged or sad.
1: Yeah. And I was, I was a little bit of a radical. I mean, I was kind of growing up in the days where like crazy love by Francis Chan came out and Mm -hmm. radical, I think David Platt. David Platt, yeah. Yeah. And just kind of this like, be sold out for Jesus. And Mm -hmm. I was actually the first sermon I ever preached. I was 16 at my church. They let me preach on the youth Sunday. And I just like (laughs) laid in to this congregation of adults telling them that they weren't sold out enough for Jesus because they didn't. And I, I like fast like, why did no one just pop me in the face? Yeah, but they gave me a chance, and that's led me to today, so <laughs> um but there was a point where like the personal suffering like started to increase, and like for me, it was mostly like mental, like anxiety and depression mm-hmm. um, and a couple of things that I kind of swung, and as I started reading and I took a class um in undergrad called the Biblical Theology of Suffering. I was introduced to the lament Psalms mm-hmm. and I started to realize like, well, there's a bigger vocabulary for suffering than like I had mm-hmm. and started to be interested in counseling and mental health and like, what does it even mean to be a human? And so I've, I swung far to the other side of like, let's not suppress our emotions and let's mm-hmm. voice them. And if we're angry to God, let's talk. Um, And it can be easy when you go to that side to actually lose hope yeah, and to just lose the balance. And so part of the wrestle that I've had recently is to how do I balance those two parts of my story, which I think are kind of two poles mm-hmm. of how someone might respond. It's just to be always a Debbie Downer. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's no hope, but then to also not just suppress and like think that God needs me to be happy all the time and not be honest with him. So yeah,
0: So where have you found for yourself that has been the most deeply rooted to find that balance?
1: Yeah, so if you want the balance, I wouldn't ask me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, in twenty or thirty years, you'll figure it out.
1: (laughs) I mean, I could. Yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm the expert either in theory, and definitely not in 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 practice. Practice. (laughs) But I. Some of the hope for me has also come from a theology that's developed um, that's kind of breaking down the sacred-secular divide where my joy can come not just from like a cool Bible study with Jesus or like an emotionally charged prayer time, but just like a nice beautiful hike or a swim yeah. in a river or a bike ride or something that I really enjoy tangibly and trying to snap out of just kind of a, everything is serious, everything is has to be quote spiritual Mm -hmm. all the time and that was ingrained in me from a young age so finding other outlets for that and this is stuff that you're interested in i know like Mm -hmm. mental health and counseling and i mean i was just listening to um, a podcast the other day on like a resource for church leaders who are experiencing like mental health or burnout or just being overwhelmed as a pastor and how they can help you i was like that's pretty cool Mm -hmm. um so anyways, all that to say is it comes from my heart and it comes for the church, but we looked at Romans five mm-hmm. um, and Paul is, it says there's some, some fun things talking about rejoicing in our suffering. And I, that was a verse that always plagued me. Yeah, um, th- There's a lot of similarity here to the beginning of James mm-hmm. um, and then also the beginning of first Peter, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. They're all three different authors. Yeah. And I had, I had briefly read it somewhere. I would need to look into it more, but it almost feels like there was like a like a mantra of of first century christians of almost like a like a, like a phrase almost, yeah or... like a chorus mm-hmm. um some type of poetic like thing that you would say it wasn't scripture but it like informed i guess it maybe it became scripture if they wrote it <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah just kind of like uh this is how we do it yeah. and it shows up kind of in all three of their writings which is interesting or they all just had the same thoughts but um yeah so we talked about what does it mean to rejoice in suffering and not necessarily that that means to be happier, to have joy, but mm-hmm. that word boast and exalt. And I, I wrestled with that word like a lot all week. How mm-hmm. do I say this? And I actually don't think I did the best job on Sunday of being clear. Um, But that's kind of like my go-to is just not be clear. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I was, I wasn't trying to, to minimize the fact that there is some sense of like external um, something that might, be exaltation or Mm -hmm. even rejoicing but that that is actually grounded in something like a like a trust or like a lack of aversion to that you are trusting in the process that that thing is going to produce and so because that's Paul's argument is that suffering actually is producing something in us which we all understand you know we don't want to be spoiled brats so that by leaning into the suffering we're actually like trusting it to do its work and not running away Um, and I talked about how to stay in that fire long enough for that process to happen that we often want to relieve suffering really fast. Mm-hmm. And there are whole Christian traditions built around this <laughs> yeah, of being um, prosperous and not encountering suffering that Jesus doesn't want you to have hardships financially or whatever. And right. so we pray every suffering away. And I, I don't, you know, I know I don't have to convince you. Um, it doesn't mean we don't ask for things. Like I was even thinking as I was driving around this week, like, ah, oh, like, so much of prayer is asking for God to relieve suffering. I mean, even in the Lord's prayer, um, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. Like Mm -hmm. Jesus taught us to pray, to be delivered from evil, to not be led into temptation. Um, which is James word there for testing and temptation is the same. Um, and so there's this, there's this kind of this tension of like, well, even Jesus showed it in, in Gethsemane, like I want this cup to pass, but, I'm going to lean into it and receive mm-hmm. it if that's how it's going to be. And so I think for a lot of us, we just, we encounter suffering and it's like you accidentally touch something hot and you just pull your hand back immediately. And so it's like, how do we, how do we as a community and as individuals lean into our suffering um, and not just compartmentalize or find a way to distract ourselves to something else or turn to unhealthy habits to numb the pain? Mm-hmm. Like, what does it really look like? to find God in the midst of that, so.
0: Yeah, it's it's a complicated thing because there is a lot of bad theology out there about suffering. <laughs> Just a little bit of that. And, <laughs> and there's, um, you know, there's a p- balance where you don't want to go out and be foolhardy and seek out suffering and like, you know, draw a sense of self-righteousness um, because Christ compels us through his prayer to, to pray for that. Um, but I love that, you pointed out that there is a purpose to the suffering because that's a theology or theological concept that I've been able to really um, attach myself to that that makes a lot of sense to me biblically and is also a comfort through that is that there is purpose to this pain and it may not be a purpose that I see fruit in you know before I'm up in glory with the Lord um, but there is something substantial here that God is doing that he's at work in and I think that that helps lessen the blow some yeah yeah. Um, one of
1: the themes that I was trying to press into, I tried to like weave it through, is I started with Dietrich Bonhoeffer, mm-hmm. which I know enough about Dietrich Bonhoeffer to be dangerous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, to I had a class, uh, Bonhoeffer and <laughs> Ecclesiology, and it was a while ago. But <laughs> Bonhoeffer is, I think we like some stuff he says when we just pull it out, but he was really... Um, yeah, he's an interesting person and I think easy to get wrong. But when you get him right, it's it's really cool. But anyways, um, yeah, where a lot of Bonhoeffer's thinking was in moving from, you know, being a theologian in a room with books to actually being a Christian on the ground doing mm-hmm. something. So he kind of shifted his career to being a pastor and these little pockets of disciples. And that's where like... His whole concept of life together is actualized Mm -hmm. in this little communities of disciples. I'm like, this is such a cool model. Like, um, kind of like a youth pastor almost. Yeah. Um, and then kind of an activist, too, of of there's actually pretty bad evil going on in the world, Mm -hmm. and he's trying to stop it. Yeah. Um, as I think we would all agree he should. Yeah. And well, I guess maybe you can whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um and and so I tied that into kind of this idea of where I asked the question, like, where is God in the midst of the suffering? And typically we want like an explanation for evil. Like, here's how a good God could allow bad things. Mm-hmm. And we feel like if we just had that answer, then we'd be satisfied. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Even if I had an answer, I still wouldn't like suffering. Yeah. And I would still want to be relieved of it. Doesn't make and, it fun. Yeah. And what God does offer is ultimately the hope that one day all things will be made new, that there won't be any more tears, Mm -hmm. but also his presence in the midst of suffering and that, um, shown throughout God's posture with his creation and people throughout the whole narrative. And then in kind of a climatic form in Christ Mm -hmm. that he comes to us and absorbs the evil and carries our suffering, um, and allows that to have its full extent Into him, and so um, I talked about the kind of like divine impassibility, and Mm -hmm. can God suffer, and that's a whole like conversation. Right. Um, I found a really good article by Richard Bachum on that that was like really helpful. But um, yeah. So I obviously my showed my hand on Sunday that I leaned toward the idea that I believe God does suffer Mm -hmm. with the people that He loves and the world that He loves. And that um, in our suffering, he is with us, suffering with us because he loves us. And Mm -hmm. um, I drew that then to, well, as a community, um, the invitation is to lean into your own suffering, but to also lean into the suffering of others. And how if we love someone, we are willing to enter into their suffering and allow that to be inconvenience to us. Yeah. Um, And I think it, yeah, it'd be a cool picture of the church. I read, I've had this quote for a while in my head of what it means to pastor is to your ability to suffer with someone. Mm -hmm. Like that's what it means to pastor and like the shepherd. It kind of makes sense. Like you are suffering with the plight of the sheep. If they're wounded, you put them on their shoulders. If there's danger, you fight the lion. If they're thirsty, you find water. Mm -hmm. Like the sheep's problems become your problem as a shepherd. And obviously there, we could talk about the other side of, Oversharing, being hmm. overly attached to everyone's problems, yeah. gossip, and slander, and
0: yeah. enmeshment.
1: Yeah. And maybe we could have like a follow up on that, but uh, where we're just overly involved in each other's lives and how do you know when to say no? I think as a pastor for me, it's like how many people do I have to try to care for before I'm just fried? All of them. Yeah. And every week, I mean, every single week, I disappoint at least a few people because mm-hmm. I didn't hang or hang out with them. I didn't care about their needs. And I've lived with this for years of mm-hmm. of every week I disappoint people because I couldn't care for them yeah. in the way that they need. Um and there's a lot of, you know, things on that side of the coin that we could talk about. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's an invitation to uh lean into your suffering and then as a community care for one another. Um and hopefully yeah we could be a, a church that that does that and has spaces for people to have the the right people, the right amount of people that know them and can walk through some of their pain with them.
0: Yeah. I want to touch on something just briefly that we you mentioned is the, the idea of how God suffers with us. And I'm thinking of um, Hebrews, you know, is it, he's a compassionate high priest that he's been, um, Tempted in all the ways that we have been tempted. So how how has Christ's suffering been factored into all of this um, as a means of comfort or guidance or instruction or, um, does that question make sense? Sorry, you just said, or, yeah, the comma was supposed to be a period on the end there. I love that. I love that. How does
1: Christ's suffering factor into all this? Mm-hmm. That is a huge question. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Just briefly. We're trying to go short. Just briefly. Yeah. <laughs> the
1: ship um, sailed eight minutes ago. <laughs> well, I think Christ's love in that way, is, it, should be, it should be awesome, but it shouldn't be that surprising um, in the sense that I mean, I, if you think that God the Father was angry and distant Mm-hmm. and frustrated the whole old Testament until Jesus came. And yeah. then finally God entered into human He's suffering. Like, and finally right God, God cares. He was like defending us from God. Like that's not true. And right. so, um, I tried to show illustrations of how, like from the beginning of God's work with his people, mm-hmm. he was, he was grieving and participating in their, their life. So, um, well, I keep, I mean, that question leads me to like different atonement theories, which sure. is a whole other
0: conversation. I just mean for, you know, for the one who's grieving a relationship, is there comfort to be found looking at Christ's life and his ministry and the fact that he got in the dirt and he suffered it unjustly and ultimately the greatest injustice of climbing on the cross and taking our sins on himself. How can somebody find comfort in Christ amidst their own practical suffering? Well,
1: Jesus was often lonely, <laughs> misunderstood, betrayed, hungry, homeless. I guess, yeah, he was hungry. He could just make food, <laughs> but he did fast for a while. Um, yeah, so as far as just like relating to this Jesus, I think what you were mentioning is that he you know he would empathize and understand that it wouldn't be diff like distant yeah and to a greater degree than we do yeah um but I would go back I mean I'd go back to just Jesus being very compassionate and caring and um yeah I just think of the way that I think about my own kids in their suffering and like what I feel and what I want them to know that I think about them in the midst of that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah. And like, it's not like the best answer, but no, if you have something okay. you want to say, then
0: no. And, and I think you bring up a good point because even like a parent, sometimes you don't take away the suffering, you know, sometimes you can't. Now the Lord can obviously if he chose to, but I think there's a great comfort in knowing that Christ is one who has experienced those things who can be particularly compassionate towards us even if it doesn't necessarily solve the problems, he doesn't make our suffering go away overnight. So I think there's some comfort in that knowing that there's, that our creator knows what we're dealing with and has suffered as well alongside of us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And this, this is the last thing I'll say and we can wrap it up, but um, just the understanding that Christ knows, knows me. And when, if I express pain to someone and they immediately just start trying to fix it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like if I haven't even said anything, they just think they know, like, that's not really helpful or even, I don't want that. So, but someone who has asked me enough questions and been alongside me enough to actually get it and know and understand, mm-hmm. and they just sit with me in it, um, to me that is very helpful yeah. and relieving, um, more than some solution that they, that they give. So Sure. Yeah. Someone like to cry with me. Mm-hmm. You know? So, well, that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> on that I Hope, note. Your, hope your drive is <laughs> joyful, <laughs> but we do have hope
0: and um, that's it. That's good. Mm-hmm. We do. And I think that this is something that everyone wrestles with and is relevant to everyone. Nobody lives out suffering on some level. So, Um, wherever you're at, listener, know that there is a theology and there's a space for suffering in the Christian life. Um, suffering is not necessarily an indication that you've done something wrong or that you're being punished or, um, that God doesn't hear you, doesn't see you, isn't near you, but look to Christ, look at his suffering and, um, and find comfort knowing that, that you can lament and you can still have hope and hold those two things simultaneously (laughs) So. true. well, Jarrell, thank you for yeah. coming along. I appreciate it. Thank you for uh, your desire to talk about the less than fluffy parts of Christianity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember you did a, a sermon when we were at the Boy Scouts of America on a lamentation psalm. Yeah. I think that was one of the first couple sermons I remember hearing you preach. So,
1: yeah, people... I'm, I'm in a box. I'm in a box
0: now. <laughs> You're the sad boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, Jerrell's preaching. <laughs> it's gonna be so sad. It's you be, guys. I
1: hope it rains. <laughs> uh, well, I was more articulate uh, in the sermon than I was in this podcast. So if you didn't listen to it, you should give it a listen, and yeah. you'll you'll be like, oh, I understand what he's saying now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that you will be encouraged, listener, on some level. Go back and listen to that sermon. It's great, and and read some of those sad boy psalms.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or open up first Peter one, James one,
0: Romans five, and just study it. Yeah. Pay attention. That, that too. That's, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. (laughs) 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 Well, thanks for coming along this journey with us. Hopefully you've found some encouragement with whatever, uh, bigger, small thing you're suffering from right now in your life, knowing that you've got a savior who is with you, uh, not just in a metaphysical sense, but also in a very real emotional sense. So, We will get you on the next episode. Bye. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.